Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Taylor Johnson Podcast. I am Taylor Johnson, coming at you fast, coming at you hot, coming at you excited. I'm pumped. I've done my stretches. I'm loosened up. We're, we're hitting it hard. Here we go. Podcast comes out every other week. Uh, I bring on friends and experts to have conversations about things that are uh, awkward, uncomfortable, deal with vulnerability in some way, shape, or form. Uh, try to have conversations that, uh, I don't know, people don't normally have, as well as goofing around. You don't want it to be too serious the whole time. This is a terrible description of the show. If you're new and somebody has recommended the show to you, please, hey, st stick around. All right, just just give it to the end of the episode. I don't know how to introduce this thing, but it's here, it's happening. Hello. I've been hard at work at the second draft of my next book. The deadline is today. The day that this episode comes out, November 1st, 2020, is I have to have it finished by today. I have a little bit more that I have to do. Uh, I'll hopefully be done before dinner. That is the hope that is the plan, and then I am falling asleep, and I'm going to spend a month not thinking about this stupid book. One day, it's going to be great, but right now, I feel like it's stupid, and I hate it, and I want to set it on fire. This is only the second draft. Hopefully, by the time we get to the fifth draft, I'll be excited, and I'll be like, this is the greatest thing I've ever written, but that is not how I feel right now. But enough about that. Uh, let's get started with the episode. Uh, got a call and check in with my friend, Glendon. Hello? Hello, Glendon. How's it going? Is this Taylor? It, it is Taylor. Taylor Johnson. Oh, hey, Taylor. Hey, how's it going, man? It's been a while. I haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, it has been a while. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Um, I'm doing good right now. It is currently 52 degrees inside my apartment. Dude, is your heater broken? What's up? No, the heater works, but I have it set at 50 because I love being cold. <laughs> you can't love it that much. Oh, I do. It has been really, really cold. Uh, the other morning I woke up and I could see my breath while I was still laying in bed. Uh, that was cool. And uh, I just love bundling up. I feel like a frontiersman. I feel like a pioneer having to put all these blankets on. Okay, but do you need to bundle up to go to the bathroom? Like, you shouldn't have to do that. For the first, like, second when I sit on the toilet, it's a little bristly. But, like, I warm up pretty fast. I, so what are, you, uh, I, what are you trying to prove here? Like, uh, what, <laughs> you, you got money on this? What's going on? No, I don't know. I just, I just like it. I just, I was excited about moving up to Kansas that a big part of it was going to be, oh my goodness gracious. In the middle of this conversation, I just realized I promised someone I was going to call them back yesterday and I did not do it. And I'm so embarrassed. It just hit me. They called me Wednesday night right before youth. And I was like, Hey, let me call you back tomorrow so we can catch up. And I, I completely ignored it and I forgot to do it. And I feel like such a jerk. Well, why don't you offer up that apology right now? Go ahead and state their name and go into your apology. Hey, B BJ, um, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I forgot to call you back. I'm going to call you back, but I, I can want tell you, you right now he's not listening because you didn't call him back. 
I lost my friend. If you know BJ, you please tell him. lost your subscriber. Ugh. Embarrassing. I'm so bad at that. I'm so bad at staying in touch with people. I'm I'm starting to, like, forget pretty much everything. So, like, if somebody calls me or something, sometimes I'll have to take a screenshot of the voicemail and then, like, email it to myself. Because, like, once you've heard a voicemail, unless you're going to call them right back, like, I'm going to forget. Yeah. So I, I have to do that a lot. But truthfully... For me not to call you right back means I don't want to talk to you. Wow. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, you'll you'll figure that out. I'm sure you have. But but <laughs> BJ probably feels the same way right now. He's probably like, dang, dude doesn't want to talk. I feel so bad. I mean, I do want to call. I do want to call. Why don't you call him right now? Let patch him in. No, and, and no, we'll, no, 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 we'll no, he, no. We'll heal this. We'll rub some salve on it and make it better. Uh, what's the temperature like that down there in Texas? Um, it's, it's getting, it's getting colder. Uh, it's 58 right now outside, not inside the house. I think it's like 70 inside our house. And so like, that's a running thing with us is like, we keep like when you're over here, is our house hot? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's like, okay, that's good to know. I would say our house is comfortable. So, like, it's not cold, it's not hot, it's just, like, we found the perfect temperature, and it's, like, comfortable. But Macy has friends who's, like, I'm not coming over to your house anymore because it's it's so hot. Wow. Like, like yeah, like, you have to you have the hot turn house. the air. Yeah, you have to turn the air down. I'm, like, <laughs> tell your friend, unless they want to pay for our bill, you know, I'm not turning the... AC down. So now I just feel like my dad, like all over again. Like my room was right next to the uh, thermostat and he would always be tinkering. And oh. I'm just like, man, what are you doing? Oh, man. Well, uh, I got to go. Happy Halloween. And I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Later. On this episode of the podcast, I am talking to my very good friend, Dr. Garland Owensby. This is his second time on the podcast. He was on one of the very first episodes with a really great conversation. I'm very excited about this one as well. I had a plan for where I thought we were going to go in the conversation, but we went in a totally different direction, and I'm, I'm really happy where we ended up. Uh, Owensby is a professor of youth ministry at Southwestern Assembly of God University, which is where I first met him. So he is training up the next generation of youth ministers. And we talk about, I don't want to spoil it. We talk about being weird. We talk about being weird in the church. Anybody who feels different and odd and a little off. And where do you fit in in the church? So this is my conversation with Garland Owensby. So I wanted to start this way because I had a story that I wanted to tell you, but I was like, oh, I got to, I'll, I'll save it. And f we're, so we start recording, which we are recording now. Okay. Um, I had something happen to me that has never happened to me before. 
I was going to preach at the youth group where I am the youth pastor, yeah. and I had been doing like okay mentally that week. Yeah. And this is where I know because like some people when I would tell them like oh, I've been uh, feeling depressed lately. And they would say like, Oh, you just moved. you must be feeling lonely, but it wouldn't always be when I was by myself because it was Wednesday night and it was an hour and a half before service was starting. And it's when people first start showing up to church to get ready. The worship band shows up and I just immediately just, just like a wave yeah. hit. And I like everything started to go into slow motion. And I was like, Oh no. And yeah. I got really low, but I was like, oh, you know what? Worship band is happening. I can like go somewhere else and hang out for a little bit. And then when worship band, their practice ends, I uh, go in and I talk to them for a second. We spend a few moments in prayer and then like, all right, good. that's how we usually do it. Yeah. And so I uh, go in after worship band finishes and I, I'm like, okay, come on, try, try, try. And I talk uh, to them for a second and I'm like, you know, we'll spend some time in prayer. We do our prayer. After the prayer time, a freshman girl comes up to me, one of the students, and is like, are you okay? <laughs> are You seem really sad. And I was like, oh, oh, no, you can tell? And I went to everyone else. I was like, could everyone else tell? And everyone was like, no, I couldn't. And like one kid was like, I could, but I didn't want to say anything. And I was like, oh, no. It's like, identify the empaths. Yeah, yeah. and like I... I had never had anyone, I don't know, yeah. like not, she didn't like call me out, but like be able to like spot it in the moment. Cause right. I feel like I've always been good at hiding it and then be able to tell my friends later, like, Hey, remember that one time I was really depressed. And then on <laughs> top of that, for it to be like one of my students that like scared me. Know what this is exactly like? What? It's like that sorority girl. That thinks you don't know she's drunk. Oh yeah, you, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the person that's high, and they're just like nobody can <laughs> nobody can tell. Yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah, they, I I've gotten to the point. There are times that I've walked into class and I'm like, oh, I can tell, and I just th this is something like between my wife and I that that we've had to grow in is being able to say, hey, I'm grumpy. Oh yeah. Just heads up. This has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Not mad. Not mad. You didn't do anything. It's my mood. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, I'm not apologizing for being in a bad mood. I'm not apologizing for being grumpy. I'm kind of giving a warning shot that if I'm distant, it's for your protection, <laughs> you know? But yeah. So like, I, I think it was like last week. It was last week or two weeks ago, and I, I walked into my first class, 9 a.m. in the morning, and I'm like, I'm just not, I'm not feeling bouncy. I'm not feeling, and I think in the past, I would have probably just been like, okay, I got, I got to push through, yeah. and I got to hide this, and I think the more time I've spent with people, the more you begin to realize none of us are as good at hiding this stuff as, as we think we are. Yeah, yeah. And so- to me, it's like, all right, well, if I'm going to live any type of authentic or, or real life with even my students, why don't I just tell the truth? Yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean I have to go, oh, guys, man, I had this big fight with my wife last night. Right, but, right. You know, but just going in and going, hey, guys, I know I'm low energy this morning. Sorry. You know, or I'm stressed out or I'm just not feeling well or, or whatever. But just kind of giving them the 
the okay. Yeah. To not always be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think as as preachers, as ministers, you know, especially in our field of I want to portray myself as having it together and always being on. But, you know, there, I, I know there are times people will, <laughs> the light isn't in my eyes mm-hmm. the way that I wish it was. Um, and so it's like, I mean, do you want to spend your whole life just like acting or I think we can make some real change if, if we just kind of just be honest and go, well, today's not my day. Yeah. And then, but it makes me think about like so many churches where that would not go over well, Oh no, you know, because like we talk about like, and especially like more and more, uh, as the years go on and there have been more pastors who have taken their own lives. Um, and, and, and like, Oh, we need like pastors, mental health. It's good. You know, it's important. You need to take care of it. But like, it's it's always like a story of like in the past. It, like we, we don't yeah. talk about like in the moment of like I can't imagine a pastor getting up on a Sunday morning and being like, "Hey guys, I'm just gonna let you right know right now. Like I don't want to I don't want to be here." Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't have to say it like that. No, no. Because I, I hate mean, like, that guy. Okay. <laughs> I like I know at Chick Fil A, it's not their pleasure all the time. Yeah. It's their job. Yes. Our job is to preach. Yes. And. You know, for most people, it's like, hey, all you got to do is it, it, just Sunday morning, dude, just Wednesday night, just push through it. Yeah. And in some ways you are pushing through it, but it, I think I think you read the scripture and especially the Psalms and, and you see it's like, okay, sometimes pushing through means just being flat out honest. Yeah. Um, that I know, okay, you do comedy. How many times somebody introduce you in a church setting and they go, you know, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like I started looking at, at the context of that verse. It doesn't mean you got to be happy. Right. That's not what it's talking about. It's saying the things that make God happy, that's what gives us strength. Hmm. And so to me, I'm like, what makes God happier? Me pretending to be happy? Yeah. Or for me being honest. And so I think the joy of the Lord, the strength that we find is God going, good. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're being real about how you're feeling. You're, you're being honest with, because I, I, I've had former students that will go, I remember 10 years ago when you were talking about depression and I remember at the moment going, I can't believe he said that, but now, you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just multiple former students saying, hey, I just got diagnosed with or I'm dealing with this same issue now. And being able to talk to people and they know that I'm I'm not going to give a cliche. Right. But it's like, okay, this is just – this is real. And some days some days are really good. Some days aren't. Um, you know, I, I my, my tattoo, my tattoo is – is Proverbs 14, 13. Uh, Even in laughter, the heart may ache and joy may end in grief. And what that verse, that proverb is is saying is, life is bittersweet. And it's not always going to be bad and it's not always going to be good. And so if you're in a bad time, just know that that's going to end. And if you're in a good time, just prepare yourself. 
because the bad time's going to come. And so all this stuff is kind of cyclical. None of us are meant to be high all the time and to be happy all the time. Yeah. Right? But neither are we to be on the the low the whole time uh, either. And so to me, that that verse is just this constant reminder. It's like, it's okay not to be happy. And when you are happy, that's good too. Yeah. Because neither of those things are going to last. But doesn't it stink? I don't know why I'm saying but. Like I'm arguing with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not. But I, 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 it's making me think about how like all of this is good. And I feel like people listening to this will be like, yes, us Christians, us Christians. But then like pastors yeah. are like treated as like separate. Like that is supposed to be like the fearless leader. Like the way that I hear people talk about becoming a film director is that you need to show confidence at every moment about every decision that you make <laughs> because like you're the one driving the bus and people want to make sure that you actually know where you're going. And so when they're like, hey, director, what color chair do you want? And like blue, like always have a always have a decision. Don't say, I don't know. Always show that you're strong so that people stay behind you. And it feels like that that is what is also expected of the pastor. Like you're the one steering the ship. If you, if you're lost, we're all screwed. And like, you're not allowed to be a full person anymore almost. But that's not, okay, but that's cultural. That's not real. Yo, yeah, yeah. Because, okay, so so what? what, I mean, what do you say to Moses? Yeah. Suck it up, buttercup, right? You know, why you been out in the desert for 40 years, coward? I mean, what do you what do you say to Jesus? Do you interrupt him in the garden and go, "Hey, dude, you know you're kind of being a little drama queen here, right, yeah. crying, asking Daddy not to let you go through this stuff." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like he was struggling with his calling, and I'm, you know, obviously I'm not going to be like, "Oh, you know, the, Jesus was sinning or anything like that," but I think he was having that human experience of, I don't want to do this, but I will do this. Yes. And I think that's just kind of the same thing with our calling though. It's like, there were, there were definitely times I was like, I don't want to preach. I, I don't want to preach. I have to preach because this is what God has asked me to do, but I'm not, I'm not feeling it right now. There are definitely days that, that I walk in the classroom, like I'm not feeling it. And you go, yeah, but this is my job. And I can, I can be real and still be faithful. Yeah. That I don't have to be happy to do my job. Yeah. Because there shouldn't be an expectation for us to be happy all the time. So I think any any pastor that thinks it's my job to be happy right. doesn't understand what, what the scripture is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't understand what it means to be human. Um it's it's more it's more human to have a whole bunch of different emotions and sometimes all at the same time and yeah you know so and and, and even beyond just happy like allowing yourself to be diagnosed with something if you're going through something I wrote about this in my newsletter uh, but like uh, I went to the doctor and they put me on Zoloft for depression and anxiety. And I immediately was like, I want to be open about this and I want to talk about this. And so I, I posted about it on my Instagram story. I made a joke about it and just like, I just want to be honest that this is a part of my life. And like, because I know that that's good to do and like, let's get rid of the stigma. But like right after I posted it, I started to like get nervous of like, Ooh, should I have done that? Like, 
who should I be telling people this? Like, are people going to start questioning? Like all these thoughts, like that I don't believe that I'm disqualified from ministry because I have to take this. But then I started to fear the people who did feel that way and what they would think of me. Like, I get why people keep it a secret. Yeah, but they're not real Christians. That's what we can say. Oh, great, yeah. (laughs) They were never really saved. Amen. No. No, I get it. I mean, because, okay, the the whole cultural thing is that you shouldn't need help, that you should be healthy, that you should be wealthy, that you should be wise. It's it's this call to independence. Yeah. And so we're living we're living in a culture which has also then gone into the church that perfection is absolutely attainable. Yeah. And as soon as you're called, you're perfect. You know, and we talk about oh, he he equips those that he calls, mm-hmm. right? Or he qualifies those that he calls. And I kind of want to think he accepts, as people are, those that he calls. So God God accepts all types. It's not like he looks and says, only this type of person can do ministry. Right. You know, I you know, I remember one time I was at like this church planning thing and and I raised my hand because it was like this successful church planner. You know, he had planted one church and now it's running five thousand. And I was like, can an introvert be a church planner? And he said, no. Oh. <laughs> wow. Just yeah. that bluntly? Yeah. Just Did like, half the room just get up and leave? No. And and I just I I was I was kind of not surprised because the person talking was more of that, you yeah. know, salesman type, you know. Uh, that if you put him in a room by himself, he just made five imaginary friends. Right, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. And, but I, I was just kind of stunned because I was like, so God can't use me. Yeah. That, that's, that was my takeaway, was right. God can't use me. Um, but I think God does use all sorts of personalities, and he uses the people that are melancholy. Why? Because there are melancholy people out there, and he uses artsy people because there are artsy people out there, and he uses athletes because there are athlete athletic people out there so i've heard um <laughs> not where we go <laughs> not not where i go but yeah i think i think it's interesting because we go god has a purpose for your life if you're this personality yeah and we don't say that though we go god has a purpose for your life and then we present what that perfection looks like. Yeah. And so I think we need models of people that are like, yeah, this this person is more introverted, but it's okay because they're not called to a church of 5,000. Yeah. But God doesn't need tons and tons of 5,000 pe- people churches. Right, yeah. He, he just needs people that have a personality that other people can associate with and go, yeah, yeah, that's that's me. Because I, you know, I, I know... I'm not going to connect with a lot of athletes. Uh, I don't have that background. I don't. I don't understand coaching. You know where it's like, drop down, give me. I don't get that. You, if there was a drill sergeant type personality, just does nothing for me. Yeah. You know, uh, but that's okay. That's okay because God knows me. He knows what kind of leader that I'm supposed to be. He knows what kind of person I'm supposed to be. So. I know that I've had to fight with all the voices that have said my personality isn't good enough. Um, 
that if I were taller, if I were more athletic, if I was more charismatic, if I was more outgoing, then that 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 would happen in my life or in my ministry. Yeah, and it's really we're only talking the past few years that I started going, but why do I want what other people say is success? Yeah. Well, why do I want that? Because apparently to get that, I'd have to change who I am. And am I okay being who I am? Am I, am I okay not always being happy? Am I okay being quiet sometimes? Am I okay not being in the spotlight? And the answer is, yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. Um, and I think that's that's what it comes out to is, yeah, God does equip people that he calls, but that doesn't mean that he makes them all the same. Yeah. There are so many times, you know, in my role, uh, helping, helping people kind of, how do I put this? I'm preparing them for full-time ministry. But at the same time, I feel like part of my role is helping them to figure out who they are so they can be in full-time ministry. So there are so many times they'll do a project and somebody goes, can I do this? I'll be like, yeah. Yeah, because you're interested in that. Yes, absolutely do that. Um, there We have this one assignment. It's a research paper. And so part of the research paper is like, hey, you pick any topic that uh, about adolescence. Um, that you're interested in. And people will come to me and go, well, what about this? And I'll just say, okay, do you know somebody that's dealing with this or have you dealt with this? Because if you say yes to either of those questions, it's going to be a great research paper. But if you're doing this just because it's a hot topic, it's it's just not going to have its value. Yeah. So, so many times, even like I'm, I'm teaching a class in and uh, helping people to learn how to preach. Mm. Okay. Well, it's the lab section. Everybody that gets up is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, how can I help them be the best that they can? And some people, some people are naturally funny and some people are a little bit more aggressive. Some people are a little quieter. And my job isn't to make them preach like me. Yeah. My job is to help them to be the best version of them. Yeah. Because that's going to be real. That's going to communicate. Because we all want to, we, we want to connect with a real person, I think. Yeah. And, and I mean, the same thing with like doing stand up of like, you have to find your voice because yeah. when you first start, you're doing other people's voice. You're like, you're, you're trying to imitate the people that you love so much. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I tried on a million different hats when I first started, but like, I mean, I'm trying to think of who would be like a specific, I mean, like I, when I first, first started, I was like, well, I really like listening to this Lewis Black album. So maybe I'll just try to be angry the whole time. And oh, I was like, oh, yeah. I'm not angry enough to do that. And then like a different comedian, like, oh, he's really like sporadic and all over the place. Maybe I'll like go try that. And like, oh, no, that's not me either. And then like having to like eventually be comfortable with the way that I do stand up, which is different from the way that other people do it. But even that, even that dude, I, like, yeah, I had to get to the point that I knew as a speaker, I wasn't going to sound like a lot of the other speakers that are out there. And at first it was like, yeah, but they're successful. Well, then you go, well, what is successful? Successful is getting booked. Yeah. It's like, well, so is my goal to get booked? And if my goal is to get booked, why, 
why did they need another one of that person? Yeah. You know, so... They need a cheaper version of that person. They need a much cheaper <laughs> version <laughs> of that person. Um, so now, I mean... What is, some, what is something that successful speakers do that you can't bring yourself to do on stage? Mine is give the Lord a hand, like a hand <laughs> like an applause praise. What is the term for it? A hand clap of praise. A hand clap of praise. I can't do that. And then as soon as I start clapping, you have to go, oh, you can do better. You can do better than that. Come on, give them. Well, then, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, I, to me, it's like all these spiritual phrases. Mm -hmm. Like, I just can't do God bless you. Anything like, okay, where, where in society does somebody say come forth except when they're, they're preaching? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, so to me, it's always like that Christianese of blessed. Yeah. And I, I just, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do the, like the, the fake Pentecostalism where it's like, okay, I'm trying to, well, come on. Can you feel it? Yeah, can you yeah. feel it tonight? I just, I, I always feel like my approach. I need y'all to talk back to me. Yeah. 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 I don't you, want anyone to talk back to me. The, uh, uh, I can't do the social media. Take a picture with everyone I see. Oh yeah, that that oh, is known yeah. to yes. tag them, pointing at them. Hey, look at us. Look yeah, at us. I can't. I can't do that. I can't. Hey, I just had lunch with my best bro, mm -hmm. uh, doing awesome things for God. Yeah, we will not take a picture together after no. we finish recording. No, I. You know, I'm gonna be nice. Mm -hmm. I like people, but if you're looking for a hype man on social media, I am not your guy. Yeah, I am not. I can't do that. Yeah. Because I see some people, I'm like, how on earth do you have a thousand best bros? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, how? It's not possible. Yeah. You know, most of us, we're lucky if we have three to four really good friends. And so to me, it's like, let's let's keep that special. So, I'm, you know, but then if they, like, they'll say say the same thing to me. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't trust you. It doesn't, it doesn't mean <laughs> anything. Uh, yeah. Or I see like somebody posting about a book that was sent to them by like a, oh. a speaker and they're like, this book's incredible. And then I get the book and I'm like, well, you'll say that about this book. Yeah. Someone just sent you a book. That's all it was. See that. I think that's the thing though. Okay. We say hype man. If you're going to compliment somebody, be honest. Yeah. And I think it goes back to this, you know, Jesus, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Mm -hmm. In other words, Show some discretion. It is more meaningful when a friend compliments me than when somebody tries to hype me on social media. Yeah. And going back to um, just God using all different types of people, like that is a good, that's another good reminder that we're not meant to be independent. That like no one person, whether you're a pastor or just someone in a church, is meant to do everything yourself. Yeah. Like I, as like when I started on staff at the church, I started like, I don't know, looking into different opportunities and stuff I could do. And I met with an FCA rep and he was talking about like, Oh, you could be like a chaplain for a sports team. Kendrick and I was like, coach. Oh, that'd be so cool. But then more I thought about it, I was like, no, I would be terrible at that. I don't know anything about football. I don't care about football. I, I don't want to do that. Well, and, and they'll make the case. It's like, yeah, but they need it. And you go, well, do the artsy kids need like a yeah. backstage chaplain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 
that that's my thinking is like okay fca is is awesome and doing a character coach is awesome that's great but like okay so my my son was in marching band okay and marching band they were out there as much if not more than the football team but the football team got Gatorade drops mm mhm you know, where like youth group or was it FCA or like youth no, like a youth group would would uh, drop off Gatorade to the football team, but not banned, but not banned. Wow. And, you know, I I mentioned it. I was like, hey, why don't you drop it off for the band? These guys, you know, they get a PE credit for for this. They're they're out there. They're sweating. They're in the August heat as, as well. And I, and I think they did it one time. And the band director was like, what's this? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, that's and that's my thing. It's like it seems in youth ministry, at least. Everybody, everybody will take care of the athletes. They're they'll, they're taken care of. It, it's the people that we call odd. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the weirdos. It's the fringe kids. Yeah, you know. And I I think my understanding of the first century and what Jesus did was going to the people on the fringes, not going to the the ones that were the elite. You know. Um, I feel like Jesus was looking in the crevices, in the alleys, you know, looking at the people that others were looking over or didn't have time for. Yeah. And so, yeah, I I know for myself as a ministry uh, that, like, when I'm at a camp, yeah, I end up connecting more with the kids sitting on the the sidelines. Yeah. While everybody else is playing the game. Yeah, yeah, because... Because those of us who were those uh, oddballs or outsiders who get brought into the family, we need to stay oddball adults. Yeah. So that we can turn around and reach the other oddballs. Like you becoming a Christian and coming to Christ and assimilating into the family doesn't mean you then have to change everything about your personality. Yeah. You stay who you are as a person because there's other people like you. There's an, there are enough nice, attractive, buff, outgoing people. And, and But not, enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, I mean, the same thing of like athletes, no. like that's covered. Like we need more weirdos. Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. We, I, I absolutely, because the thing is. And we need to put more weirdos on stage. Yes. <sighs> no, I mean, okay, seriously, what, what you're saying is true. It, it's like when you go to a church conference and who do they put up front? The ones with the biggest churches. Yeah. And it's like, I, I'll tell you the best youth ministry I ever went to was a small youth ministry that was literally meeting in the dining room of the church parsonage. Oh, wow. But when I went there, all those students loved each other. The youth pastor had created this atmosphere where people were loved, and they were weird. Yeah. And it was cool. We had a good time. To this day, to this day, I know some of those students that that were there that ended up coming to Sagu, and they talk about it was a ketchup bottle. We just all were laughing at a ketchup bottle because it was like, don't have soggy buns. Uh-huh. On the ketchup bottle. And we all did just laughing at that. But I'm like, it's okay to be weird. Yeah. It's okay to be awkward. And God has a place for awkward people. Yeah. And Zacchaeus wasn't everybody's first choice. The woman at the well obviously was 
well, she had been a few people's choices, <laughs> but yeah, you know, she she wasn't the one that people were lining up and going, "Let's see what she has to say." E- even the shepherds in announcing Christ, the the history of shepherds is, yeah, do you know some of this? That this is really cool. So the angels tell the shepherds first. Shepherds, because they were nomadic, were not allowed to testify in court. Oh. You could literally kill a person in front of three shepherds and get away with it. Whoa. Because they were not credible witnesses. Oh. Yeah. Because they, they had no place. It's like, yeah, you're here now, but you know, a week from now your flock is over this section. And so they were considered so nomadic, they didn't have homes, they just slept it, they were dirty, they were smelly, and and so they had no credibility. And it's like yeah, but that's who Jesus chose, yeah. or this is who God chose to announce the birth of Christ is the least credible witnesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think we the the modern church would have probably been like, yeah, let's just go with the wise men. <laughs> you know, they they seem like they got it together, nice clothes, wealthy. Yeah, they were they were second choice. And this conversation is important for those who, you know, like, obviously, like, the culture can be a problem to to overlook people, but people can overlook themselves and think, I'm an introvert, I'm shy, so I can't make disciples. But you can't, or I, I'm, I have social anxiety, which is a real thing that you can have, but that does not mean that there isn't a way for you to be a part of the family of the church. Mm-hmm. You you still need the community. You, you're still a part of it. You you still have a responsibility to make disciples, but the way that you do it is going to look different from other people, and that's okay. But you you're still called to do it. Yeah. So you can be depressed. You can be weird. You don't have to fit into any of the stereotypes and you can still be used because you're going to reach other people who are like you. Yes. Or you're going to reach people who aren't like you. Like that's okay too. Like don't, don't, I don't know. Don't sell yourself short and think that like, if you're a weirdo, you can only reach other weirdos. Like I've been surprised sometimes with like big jocks come up and talk to me after a school assembly. And I'm like, you listen to me, (laughs) you can beat me up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my kids, my kids could beat me up. <laughs> yeah. son, I always say if if I had gone to school with my kids, a weird. But no, if I if I had gone to school with with my kids, uh, they they probably would have bullied me. But, <laughs> um, but they're too they're they're too nice. They're, my boys are good. But yeah, I, I really do. I mean, the, this is where the the conversation is gone. Is Jesus wants to transform our character? But our character doesn't mean necessarily our interest, our expertise, the things that we're really good at. Yeah. And so I think I think he's going to use people that are across the spectrum, literally, because there are people that are going to empathize with that. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> Do you mean that? <laughs> Well, I like you. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I like talking to you, and I enjoy our conversations. So, um, so yes. Good. Yes, yes my pleasure. Great.
Speaking of odd, returning to the podcast is fan favorite, returning champ, Danny Barrera. Danny and I sat down for a conversation because I, I had some questions, some hard-hitting, important, get-to-know-you questions that I posed to her and I also posed to the internet. I am here once again with Danny Barrera. Danny, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks. Good. Danny, I went on Instagram and I asked a series of questions that I'm now going to put to you and we can go through the answers together. Okay. Danny? Yeah. Hate to put you on the spot like this. Okay. But which Disney character do you think is probably the worst kisser? Ooh. Um Wow, which Disney character is probably the worst kisser? Um okay. I Oh, do you have an answer? Yeah, it's probably going to have to be like a three-way tie between Jafar because of that kiss in Aladdin. Uh-huh. I feel like he does not have any lips. Okay, yes, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It looks yeah, yeah, yeah. It just looked uncomfortable. It, and his skin looks like it has a weird texture to it. Yes, very much. Yeah. Um, Feels like it'd be a very bony face. Mm, yeah. And who's the last person he's kissed? Who Who's ever kissed him? He probably had never been kissed, and he just really, really Ooh. liked Jasmine. Yeah. Or no one's kissing voluntarily. Right. Might be tricking girls into kissing. Right. So him. Yeah. He's probably at the top. Absolutely. Um... Second would have to be um, Sneezy from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves because he's probably full of mucus. Oh, that's good. And you can't kiss for that long before a sneeze is going to knock you right back into the next room. <laughs> exactly. But maybe maybe then his strategy is a bunch of like little kisses. Like, oh, wow. Because he's he's got to get, right. get away just in case he's going to sneeze. It's true. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Blaine said Ariel that girl didn't have a clue about anything and I think that oh. that's just a very funny answer <laughs> that girl don't know nothing about anything she don't know my friend Casey said Gaston that's probably true oh yeah you know that he's guy is so a cocky. selfish kisser so cocky too he yeah. he's probably like oh this is probably the best kiss you're ever gonna get and it's actually the worst yeah it's like yeah. wet in ways that you didn't know were possible and right he, like a piece of corn that was stuck in his teeth is, is now in your mouth. Oh, God. but you don't feel no, like you, you can say anything about it because he's going to be a weird, mean guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Derek says Mushu. Good, got a little tongue to go. <laughs> I'm not a snake. We don't do that tongue thing. <laughs> uh, Andrew Maniachi says Mater. That's probably true. <laughs> a giant truck. <laughs> that truck don't kiss good. Yeah. Jack Skellington technically doesn't have lips. Oh, yeah, that would be terrible. Just bony jaws. Now, Joseph Urbina says goofy, and I feel like that's a very good answer because you know that oh, even yes. on the way to kiss you, he's going to knock over 30 things and fall out a window. Right. And then once he gets to you, who knows what's gonna, what but kind of mayhem is going to happen. If you think about goofy in like, Per, like human proportions, like his face, he has a very long mouth uh -huh. and then he has those two buck teeth <laughs> yep. and a very long tongue. Yeah. It would not 
it, it's just not suitable for kissing. How do you even get to those lips with those two giant teeth guarding the the yeah. passage? Yeah, there's that's not happening. And that nose is gonna get in the way. Yeah. How does he eat? Wait, does his bottom jaw extend Un- all yeah. the way to the top? Right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got it's a almost weird like, little Adam's apple. Yeah, it's almost like a like an alligator snout, but it's not alligator. It's yeah. goofy. He's like you know a what I mean? dog alligator. Yeah, he just has a very large mouth. We have several people who said Mike Wazowski. Oh. <laughs> Why is that a sad answer? Because but you know that it is also true. But you know that he would be so grateful for a kiss. Yeah. Oh, he would be so grateful. Schmoopsie poo. Here's the next question that I put on Instagram. Who are your most influential childhood crushes? That's the early crush that you had on a celebrity or a character in a movie or TV show that influenced the type of person that you're attracted to now. So not just like a big crush that you had, but looking at either the people that you've dated now or the people that you find yourself attracted to now, you can look back at that early early crush and be like, oh, that was the prototype. That's what started it all. Um, I, didn't I answer this the other night? Yes, this is a question I've become very fascinated by, and I just want to hear everybody's answer. But I don't remember what your answer was the other night when I asked. It was, it was actually a crush on three boys. Uh, They're brothers. <laughs> All right. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. And who are these three brothers? The Taylor boys. <laughs> From <laughs> Home Improvement. Yes. Tim the Toolman Taylor had three young boys. Yes. And they, they those three boys have very distinct looks and styles They're and personalities. They're all completely different from each other. But you find that every... Is it like every guy every, fits into one of those three? Every guy usually has all three. Oh, What? Yeah. It's so like, like it's like some... your version of the Enneagram. Yeah. Where like, uh, I'm a Randy Wing Brad. <laughs> <laughs> no, like um they're sporty in some way. Uh-huh. They are nerdy in some way, and they're also very mischievous in some way. Randy's mischievous? Yes. Very oh, he much. was a prankster. Yes. Uh let's look at some answers from some <laughs> other people. Uh, Derek said Topanga from Boy Meets World. I feel like Obviously. that's big for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Tyler said Avril Lavigne. Oh. And I have to agree. Oh, Tyler. Lord knows Avril Lavigne. Avril, she is, she is a, she's a queen amongst peasants. Wow. You know what? You're right. And uh, now, has she changed uh, the way that she looks and her style as she's gotten older? Yes, absolutely. She's not the same skater girl. She's not the same as complicated era. And maybe right. that was the era that I fell in love with. Same. That I thought I have to move to Canada because that's the only way I'm ever going to meet her. Um, but I, th- I still think she's great. Oh, yeah. And if she were listening right now, I would say Avril Lavigne. P- please, let's... Hang out sometime. We can talk about your new music. Um, and then fall in love. And, and fall in love. Have happily ever after. Yeah. Right. Don't say see you later to me. Yeah. No, she wouldn't. She might. The third question I asked everybody on Instagram was, what cartoon animal would you be okay eating? Oh. Oh. None of them. 
None of them? No. Not even a single one? Justin James said Porky Pig. Is there an animal you hate? James said Pumbaa. Be full of gas. Mel said Porky Pig. I mean, they would taste good, but the idea of me eating them, knowing their personality and... Their ability to <laughs> Joey sing said songs. Yogi Bear, he's just super annoying. So that's like a vengeful thing. Ugh. He's going to eat that bear because he doesn't like him. <laughs> Have you ever had bear meat? Andrew Maniachi said Chicken Little. Oh, no. That's a child. You're going to eat mean. a child. You can't eat them. They have personalities. See, Priscilla says it would have to be a villain. So probably Scar from the Lion King or something. Okay, yeah. You'd eat Scar? Yeah. I don't know what lion meat would taste like. I bet it would taste good. Foghorn Leghorn, the original Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> that was, uh, Liam said that. Well, I think th- that's that's the end of the questions. Okay. Bye. Bye, everyone. I want to say thank you to Garland Owensby and Danny Barrera for being on the show. Thank you to Lucky Star and Jordan Combs for the use of their songs in the episode. Uh, Please rate, review, subscribe, pass the show along to someone special, someone you love. Hey, send me an email and I'll like propose for you to your girlfriend at the end of an episode. That way they have to listen to the whole thing to hear it. And then it'll be me being like, hey, Kayla, Brad has a question that he wants to ask you. And then you guys will be like together and she'll be like, oh my gosh, this is the weirdest way to do this. But you got to listen to the whole episode first, which I don't know. I don't know if everybody does that. I don't know if like the moment you hear me start to say like, hey, thank you so much. If everybody turns off, if people actually listen to the end on the last episode, I made a comment about like, oh man, I need to call my grandma. Oh, my mom listens to the podcast. She's going to text me about this. And then she never texted me about it. And she said that she listened to the episode, but she never mentioned it. So part of me thinks that she doesn't listen to the whole thing. She only listens to the interview. And before like the extra segment, she turns it off. So there's a good chance that she doesn't hear this either. And Heather, my sister, if you're listening, don't tell her. Don't ruin it. Don't be like, uh, do you hear the end of the episode? No, no, no. Don't do that. I want to see if she actually listens to the end of each episode or if she only listens to the interview. Anyways, that's it. We're done. You're allowed to stop listening because the episode is over and I will see you in two weeks.